Episode of All Black Men Need Therapy. My name is Chief. And I'm Bell. And we got my homie partner player up in the, my left hand corner. I don't know where we at in y'all screen, but he on the left on mine. My man Trey G, poet, father, black man extraordinaire from uh, Camden, New Jersey. Um, done some brilliant things in poetry, been on television and whatnot, won some slams, you know, me running the city and all that. But we don't care about none of that, Trey. All the accolades don't matter when you come on this podcast because you're just a regular new. When you come on here, talk. Nah, talk. They, they, they do though. Don't don't let them talk. No, they do. They matter. But right now, we talking as we talking as men. So your acne's out the window. Okay, how many Super Bowl rings you got, Cuz? I ain't got so, nothing, bro. I got I got I got this Super Bowl ring right here. That's a that's a that's, that, that's a dope a championship. ring. I'm trying that's to all. I'm trying to get one of them. That's the only one you need. That's it. Oh, that 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 locked the whole game down right there. After that, you retired. Yo, look Prentice, who showed Prentice, up. Prentice. I was just about to say, Prentice, the homie Prentice gonna be late because he's taking care of daddy duties, you know what I'm saying? But he popped up right on time. You know what I'm saying? He's here. There we go. Fucking throw my bucket low. Hell's here. Was handing in. Get some therapy and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we rolling. P, you right on time because like I, we literally just did the intro. So Yo, where this going? Turn that hat to the side real quick. Oh man, you see 1906. Hey, fine. Hey, I'm out here. You know, okay, always. Okay. 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 Sorry, what's up, man? Not much, man. What's good with you? No, I'm chilling, but you know, raising four kids. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> raising four and bangs. You know, I feel like that's all I need to say now about my life. And that's like, it. Everything is understood. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all you got to say, raising four kids. And I'm like, okay. And it, it ain't nothing else to talk about after that, is it? Right, right. right. So they, they know what it is. Yo, hey, before... so so wait, y'all y'all all know each other from the poetry circuit. Yeah, got yep. you. Yep. So you... For, for me though, Trey's like one of them cats you meet that's like a cool ass person though. So you want to fuck with him outside of poetry? Yeah, for sure. If that makes you know sense. What? It, the the funny thing is, man, I feel the exact same way about y'all two. Is um because I didn't really I Prentice I knew you from the poetry scene. But I didn't really know Chief until I got to Verses and Flow the second time and uh, I met Chief and it was like something different. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you want to keep it real? Do I know what it is for me? I think because most, and I don't mean to offend it, but most poetry cats, and this is, I can be sure to say, most poetry cats ain't real niggas, you know, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, they ain't, they ain't you know what I'm saying? You, when, you yeah. get a, when you get a cat that's from like round the way, this is a different vibe. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a different vibe. So yeah, that, that, I, I feel you. That, that I was about to say, Trey, we met so basically, basically Bell is just a bunch of hood niggas who do poetry. That's all. That's <laughs> <laughs> always the best that's, that's it. That's it. We just know how to put words together, you know what I'm saying? In in a different life, we might have been pimps. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yo, P. Yo. Check in, baby. What's up? Yeah, man, uh, everything is smooth with me, but, you know, um, baby straight, swaggy might go back to work next week. So this week I've been, you know, like for the for the most of the, the birth so far, I've been really real laid back and hands-free because I knew when she went back to work, you know, me, you know, writing and shit, like that's me full time every day. Yeah, so, yeah. so 
I've been picking myself up mentally leading up to Monday, like just doing more and relieving her and relieving her, you know, because that's what it's about to be next week, man. So about you know, to be I'm for real back next week, huh? A, a for real stay at home dad, yo. Hey, it, it, no, I don't like that though. <laughs> no, don't play me, man. No, no, I'm doing the same shit I've been doing for two and a half years <laughs> with another kid. Let's make that clear. <laughs> yo. I, I don't, bro. I got three of them. I got, I got three of them. You know, what I mean, my my oldest is. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure if my oldest was in California, she'd be driving next year. Um, but she's she's got two more years before she's driving, and it's driving she? me at the wall. So I, I I don't know how you feel right now, bro. You got a thirteen year old. She thirteen. She's fourteen right now. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to think about 14 with my daughter, man. I'll wait. Yeah, man. I'll wait. It, it's it's really doing something different to me right now, man. Like I she just um she just did her first internship. Wow. And um yeah, she got a little she got a little five hundred dollar check. So she thinks she, well, she you know she she tell me a little something now. She balling, so, yeah. You, you, ain't, you ain't got nothing on it, yeah. cuz you ain't got she nothing on it. Decisions now. Yeah. So you know, she 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 don't know she gotta put all that in the bank though. That's what's up. That's definitely what's up. Bellhead, check in, yo. Yo, I was debating if I was going to tell y'all, but I figured probably no better place to tell y'all or to to mention it than than the show. I got my vaccine yesterday, yo. (laughs) No, we sound like it's a bad thing. Oh! Yeah, man. The the wife she she had she had a mom conversation with me stern face and all. Mm. Like, we got wild travel coming up and, uh, and and me and me more than her, and she was just basically like yo, like what is we doing? What I'm you like doing? you know, I'm on the couch currently. What you doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, and but there was no, it was no ha-has, it was no joking. It was just like, we got a lot of traveling and you need to be responsible. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, set, set the shit up, man, set the shit up. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, like I'm, not, I'm not going back and forth. Give me the J&J and if it ain't set today, I ain't going. <laughs> Nigga, I was back home on the couch within an hour and a half fully vaccinated. From that conversation. It matter. She so she got me in and out. And then um today, again, I got the J and J. So that's just a one 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 shot joint. One hit um, a quitter. Yeah. Yeah, because I knew I wasn't going back. I'm like, I'm not going back for two shots. So get me, get me in and out. Um, but then today I had like flu-like symptoms, man. Oh, like, like, feeling a little woozy. Yeah, it was for like, it was weird, Joe, because I woke up took Chase to, to school, went to the office, felt a little uneasy, but nothing crazy. And then around like 10.30, I'm like, oh yeah, something ain't right. Long story short, got home a little after 12, or basically 12, slept to two o'clock. When I woke up, I felt a little better, and now I'm fine. Like, I'll tell you what, my nigga, I'm, a, I'm, I'm glad you got it. I'm going to pray for you, but if you die, I'm going to fuck you up. Well, <laughs> word. Not playing yeah, with you, B. I, I don't think I'm gonna die. And I also think you're gonna end up getting yours too. So it's just yeah. a matter of time. No, no. Anyways, all right, all right. Trey, 
Trey, wait, 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 Bell, check in one. Okay, well, sorry, sorry, Trey, go ahead. You're not vaccinated, Chief? Nah, not yet, man. Right. I was, listen, listen, I was real like, hell no. Now I'm kind of like, ah, you can convince me. So at least my, my, the window is open a little bit more. All right, all right. I, I, I was in the military, so okay. like, I, I'm, not, I'm not skittish when it comes to vaccinations. Like they shot me with stuff I'm pretty sure <laughs> was illegal, but you know what I'm saying? Like right. me and my wife, we got vaccinated back in May and she was, she was iffy about it. You know what I'm saying? But it, we got it done, no symptoms whatsoever. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it. I don't let's let's change the subject. Anyways, Bell, tell them about the tell them about the Chinese food, B. Oh, yeah. Chief and I were talking yesterday, and um, yo, Boston got the worst Chinese food on the planet. Man. Like, <laughs> like I feel like when you go to a Chinese restaurant that you've never been to before, and I feel like most people do this. It could could just be a me thing. If you've never been there, you go with what you know. You, that they can't mess up, which is chicken wings and either pork fried rice, shrimp fried rice, whatever you eat, right? Like I eat shrimp fried rice. Right. And, and a couple of weeks, well, probably about a month ago, my niece was up here. And from what I understand, the Chinese restaurant by my house, which is right next to a check cash in place that's open 24 hours. I'm like, oh, this Chinese food gotta be the shit. And then it was confirmed that it was like the best in the area. My nigga, I got my, my niece, Chicken wings and and uh, and pork fried rice. I get the the the, the, the I open the chicken wings, yo, and it's like boiled chicken that was like seared on each side. I'm like, <laughs> yo, what kind of bullshit is this? <laughs> yo, you can't mess up chicken wings and pork like, fried rice, man. This is this is the equivalent. Because that to shit your... wasn't no chicken. No. <laughs> It's like, yo, this is y'all Big Mac meal. This is your <laughs> Big Mac. You know what I'm saying? This is y'all Whopper. Oh. The crazy shit is, Prentice. The crazy shit is, it was, it wasn't even chicken wings. It was um like thighs. No, nah, it was like thighs and like breasts. It was like big pieces of chicken. Oh, I'm like, bro. <laughs> she gave you a ten piece from Boy, KFC. <laughs> Yo, a 10-piece from KFC, I would have took that. Like, I took that. A 10-piece from Sam's gas station chicken, I would have took any of that over that, that bullshit. That That's they crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. crazy. Anyways, yo, let's jump into it, man. We, we burning time. Listen, That's Trey, crazy. we got you on. We, we brought Trey on because we, we've been talking about it. All of us have biracial children. And Trey is a biracial man being black and white, right, Trey? Yes, sir. Okay. So we just wanted to hear what your experience was like growing up. I I, I brought this up to the fellas because I had a conversation with one of our homies at my job, and he like he dropped some bombs on me, and I'm like, yo, that I never looked at it like that. I never thought of it like that. I never, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, wow, we, it'd be great for us to have this conversation on air or like, you know what I'm saying, on the podcast where people can hear about it. But I'm figuring he was busy tonight and I'm like, you know what? I talked to Trey about it. I was gonna have the both of y'all on here and kind of wrap to it, but we'll, we'll catch up with him anyways. So is your mother or who is your parents? Black and white, right? So my dad, who actually was just here yesterday, um, my dad is uh, African-American. My mother is German. Okay. Um, my mother was German rather. She's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I really feel like you should, you probably should have had your, your boy come on. Cause 
um, he might have given you different insight that I'm going to give you. No, no, and that's and that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm excited to hear. I because I, I know there are two completely different perspectives in this in this situation because, and it, like as weird as it sounds, some people have that like like yeah, you're black and white, but you're a black man, and people look at you like a black man. You know what I'm saying? But then one conversation we had, what he and I had, was like people. It depends on what room he's in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, and and that's 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 a part of it. Um, it's just a it's a it's a very different thing when you grew up. Um, like I grew up very strongly on the black side of the family because my mother left me on my grandparents' doorstep. Okay. Okay. You know what oh, I'm saying. Wow. So it's it's one of those type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my now wait wait brother, Trey, just 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 for clarity. She left you on your maternal grandmother's doorstep. Yes, yes. My my oh. father's my father's mother's grand my father's mother and father like my grandparents oh, so were married. Yeah, yeah. Your paternal side. Okay. Yeah. So so my dad's parents yep. were married for almost like forty some years. You know what I mean? So they were very stable, um, very prominent black folk in the community, um, and, and my mom knew that. So what she did was, um, and, and these are these are words. I met my mom for the first time when I was fifteen. You know what oh, I'm wow. saying? So it it wasn't like um, I grew up on that side of the family. Like uh, my mother's father didn't want to meet me because I was black. You mm. get what I'm saying? So so that's why I'm saying it, it's a it's a different type of thing for me because I grew up um, I grew up in Camden. Camden is the hood. You know what right, I mean? Like. Right, right. Um, and, and so, um, I do understand the, the white side of things because I have a little brother who's also mixed race, um, who his family is very close with me, but most of them grew up, they, they're, they're white folk who grew up around black folk. You right. get what I'm saying? So right. you get that. Um, and so it's, it's a little different for me. Okay. Now, one thing, uh, my man Kyle spells it K-I-E-L, which I thought was pretty cool. But uh, one thing he mentioned to me was when he goes to like, you know, let's say the white side of the family, he's either not white enough or too black. But one thing he said was when he goes to the black side of the family, they always make it a point to identify him as the light-skinned one or as the the white one. And I'm like, no, it's crazy because we do, we often do, you know, make these light-skinned jokes at the cookout or whatever, whatever. not even realizing the psychological effects it may have on the individual. Is that something you've experienced where like you go to, you know, you raised on the black side, do they do you get the, the light skin jokes often or like do the people play on, you know, you not being black enough or fully black? Yeah. Um, so I, I think this is where me and Prentice really identify. Um, when we write, we write from a place because we were talking about poetry earlier. When we write, we write from a place that's very personal. You get what I'm saying? And it's not like we're trying to do this to entertain people. We're writing our view of the world. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And how the world views us and how we view the world in return. And so there are things that I have written where my cousins call me light bulb. You get what I'm saying? And that's that's a direct indication of the color of my skin. Because if I was to show you pictures of my family, like I got cousins that, excuse the, the term, but they purple black. You get what I'm saying? Like they blue black. And they're like, my family is that deep. And so 
to, to have somebody come into that and to be this light. And yet I'm the person who's, um, <laughs> I'm considered the revolutionary in my family. Mm -hmm. I'm considered the person who will always speak out, who will always say something. I'm the one who's always in trouble with, with some, in some way, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm just, I identify as black and that's, I don't care, you know, what you call me in terms of light bulb or I, I've had people call me yellow, piss, urine, Oreo, um, you know, all different types of things, but I've, I've always looked at because I was raised by people who were so fleshly deep and dark mm -hmm. that I've always seen myself as who they are. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I, one of the questions I had in, in, in the thing was, when did you kind of like learn wait. you were black or wait, 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 wait. Can we just park there for one second? You said a lot, Trey. Um, and it's ironic because I'm just thinking about the, um, the relationships I have in my life with people who are, who are black and white, right? Men um, that are, are close to me or what have you. And, and again, I'm not saying all mixed kids are like this, but the one common denominator is you guys in your own right are rebels in a way. And I, and I guess, cause you mentioned being a revolutionary, you mentioned being in trouble. So I guess my question is conscious or subconsciously, did you feel you needed to overcompensate because you weren't all black or, or how did you come to that? Like, how did you get to that point? In, in addition to that, did you feel that way? But do others feel that way? Like, because you're so light, he's trying to like overcompensate. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel do others feel basically? <laughs> yeah. Um, this I'm, I'm gonna answer both of y'all questions, but my your question is is funny because um, somebody told me I was too light to lead a revolution. Damn! Oh. <laughs> did, they, did they ever see? Nah, did they damn. ever see Huey Newton? Exactly. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? Like, did you fight? No, 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 no. And, and and luckily they said it to me when I was at the place. Like, like I haven't always been this gospel preaching saved type of person who wants to follow Jesus, but they found me and they said that to me at that stage in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so that was just to answer your question very quickly. To Bell's point, um, color is, is kind of something that kids don't think about. You get what I'm saying? Like, um, it, it's almost subconscious. Uh, we, we, we don't think it's, it's there you know, white Barbie dolls and white Ken dolls and things like, and we, and we watch cartoons. My kids, when they were little, you know, um, my daughter, blonde haired, blue eyed, you know, dolls were her thing because that's what she saw on TV. You get what I'm saying? So it was, it, it was pressed upon my wife and I to start showing her, you know, the Cosby show, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Blackish, um, Black AF, even though the content was a little off, it was necessary for her to see herself on television. You get what I'm saying? And my daughter is, is, is in, in some ways lighter than me. Um, I'm, I'm a little tan now because I've been out in the sun. Um, but uh, it, it, it never really dawned on me until maybe middle school where it was like, you know, um, I started getting fed up with people thinking that I was Puerto Rican or Dominican. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people walking up to me speaking Spanish and then me having to um, reconcile within myself. Why are they talking to me like this? 
Why do they think I'm that when I've always understood myself? Because even though my cousins was calling me light bulb, even though I was white folks, even though I was butter or, you know, Oreo, it, it, it was jokes. You get what I'm saying? Right. And so, um, it, it was, it was actually, it wasn't so much my family that made me feel like, um, I needed to find my identity as much as it was the world that was around me telling me what I wasn't. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. I, makes yeah I, sense. I, I, it, it does make sense. hundred percent. I just got one clarifying question though. So when you say the world was telling you, what was that based on? Was that like based on appearance or, or, or like what? So, you, what, so what imagine, you, imagine you live in Africa, mm -hmm. right? You're, you black, you black, just like everybody that's in Nigeria. Right. They're coming up to you and they speak in Nigerian. Got it. Or they speak in Swahili. You see what I'm saying? Or they speak in French to you because right. in their mind, you are what they are, right. but you're not. Right. They're judging you based on the color of your skin. Right. And you, you're culturally, you're not what they are. Culturally. So when you say, so was it white people telling you that you're not what they are? No. Or was it the other way it, it around? Was, so it was like black people don't tell me I'm not black. And, and to the contrary, right? I, I feel a certain type of way because I've been in situations where, for instance, high school, me, um, my best friend, I call him my brother. So I, I'll be referring to him hereafter as my brother. So me, my brother, um, a few friends that we got from high school, um, we're in a car. So it's four black kids in a car. We get pulled over. The cops are just a little bit, not, not completely, but just a little bit nicer to me than they are to them. Wow. I start to notice this. Why? In my mind, I'm just as black as they is. So why are you giving me special treatment? For instance, one time it was just me and my brother in the car. They pulled us over. They treating him like a convict. They telling me I could stand over here to the side. Why? Wow. Why? Because in their mind, I'm Spanish, right? And not that there's a separation. We understand, you know, African, Taino, Indian, you, you get what I'm saying? Native American. Yeah. We, we understand that concept, but to them, it's just, it's it's a shade. Less threatening. Right. That's so, that's so amazing how shades of skin can dictate somebody's emotion so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I don't I don't have those experiences and I never will. And it's great insight because, you know, Justice is 12 and he's black and Puerto Rican. But one thing that's interesting that you commented on with the whole light bulb thing, and that I did, I had it dead as soon as he got here uh, last month was, he was coming back with um, the light skin jokes. Like, yeah, the light skin, light skin. And, and, he, and he, he's, he's really confident by himself already. You know what I mean? So he was doing this light skin thing and I know he hears it from his mom, but his mother's Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? So she doesn't come from the same background that I do. So her knowledge of colorism within our culture is not, it, it's not there. So we had to dead and cut out that light skin joke, light skin joke, because we're all different complexions. And I wanted to make sure that he didn't feel like there was something about him that was better or worse than because of his complexion. You know what I'm saying? So I'm complex. This, right. Yeah. 
but it's it's interesting how the, you know I could think about how they can get a complex on either side, and so oh, could yeah. other people in the family. You know what I'm saying? Like based upon what you associate with being light skinned and knowing that you don't look like that, how can that make you feel as a sibling? You know what I'm saying? And him, I would never want him to feel better than because he was light. You know what I mean? Right. Let me let me let me piggyback off that. One of the things that has um that has come to my um, awareness and, and even in, and it's something that I use in, in my poetry is um, we, we all use the, we all use the N word that we all, you know, we, it's a term of endearment, right? This, you my nigga, right? But to say, to, to have somebody call you a house nigga, as if calling me nigga was an insult enough. Nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's there's this there's this extra step. Like you think I think I'm better than you because I'm masses kid. Wasn't that like almost a whole line? Like you think I think I'm I wrote you I see wrote what I'm saying? And this is my thought process. So when I say to when when Bell is talking about you know poetry and where we come from, these are things. It, dude, it's 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 beyond just a gift, my nigga. It's a thought process. It's how it's how we were groomed to see the world, and and, and we were groomed this way. The crazy yeah. thing is, man, this this is gonna spill into the next episode. We gonna for sure, do, yeah, for sure. Which, which is colorism, um, yeah. and um, and th this this topic, man, because I'm obviously light skinned too. Right. And and I I get it. And I just feel like there's so much to unpack here, man. Like I don't even know if this episode will we'll get to. I know Chief has a bunch of questions, but there's just it's just in short, these feelings, these emotions, this um sentiment, it like it runs really deep. You know what I mean? And it, and and Trey. Fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it, you've only had to deal with it from a family perspective from one side, being that you're saying that your, your, your mom's side mm -hmm. of family didn't really want anything to do with you. So I can only imagine the dynamic on the opposite side, you know, from a family perspective. Obviously, you've encountered white people, but I'm saying from like your, your blood, you know what I mean? So, so one of the, that's what I got, we got to, I want to run this back with Kyle, yo, because it's just. Interesting. You, 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 you break it up, Bell. I want to run funny, which. Yeah, I want to run this back with Kyle because it's, it's a different dynamic in terms of the the, uh, the being biracial. Nevertheless, one thing he mentioned to me, Trey, was was how white women view him. Like he was like a lot of white women in, in you know in high school and in college were after him because he was almost like a trophy in a sense. Like they were after him because he was the black guy. I mean, I know you from Camden, if there ain't that many white people around in Camden, you know what I'm saying? But like, did you find yourself, you know, as you grew up, I'm, I'm sure you've been married for quite some time, but like, were you like a hot commodity to some women solely because of your blackness or whiteness, if you will, you know what I'm saying? It could have, you know, so, it could be. So early on, like in, in grade school, uh, I'll put it to you that way, um, for maybe, maybe third to maybe sixth grade, um, I had a thing for white women, but mm -hmm. I learned early on that you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm a novelty, right? I'm somebody that you're not going to see. I'm something new. I'm something different. Um, 
And it, that, that really helped me when I was in the military and I went to Germany because in Germany, I'm something considered a war baby. You get what I'm saying? So it's, it's a little different is, um, I'm not so much, I'm not so much, a, um, uh, an anomaly in Germany because it was a lot of black soldiers who slept with, with German women. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you see that you, the, the women, the, the specifically the German women, they kind of wanted you because you were that, that loving, that affection that, that they saw maybe from their father. Right. Um, and so you were a trophy in that way, but nah, man, I've, I've never so much had that from white women because I've always gravitated as I got older away from, um, from white women. Maybe OJ has something to do with that. Man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just, and, 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 you know, I, I, I probably will never say this outside of this forum ever again, but I joke with my kids, man. I, I joke with my boys, you know, this is why we don't mess with white women. You know what I mean? Like we watch a TV show and I, I see because my father growing up and, and again, this goes back to poetry, man. Um, I, I watched my dad and my little brother's mom. And if you ever seen my dad, my dad is darker than chief, right? And chief ain't that dark, but you know what I mean? Like, like my dad is, is you can go on my Facebook page anyway. Um, and I saw him standing over law books, like reading books this thick to find his rights. So that way, when he got pulled over, and trust me, we got pulled over a number of times, me in the back seat, waking up to cops behind us. You know what I mean? Because this black man is in a car with a white woman and two light-skinned kids in the back. You get what I'm saying? There's, he just had a thing for white women. And, and my grandfather never made it a problem. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't a thing for us on that side of the family, but for whatever reason, the world that we, and, and mind you, this was the eighties. This was the eighties going into the early nineties. So it, it just, to see him standing over books at the dining room table, like he would have a stack of books on a dining room table, just reading, trying to find what can they get away with? What can't they? So I, I wrote one time, I was like, you know, he's searching for his rights, like a lighter he misplaced in one of his pockets. And I want to ask him, would it matter if you found it? Mm. Would it matter? Like, like we grown now, Pop, you can be truthful with me. I tried to have this conversation with him one time and, and he lives in North Carolina now. He wants me to move down there. I told him no because of race reasons right and um he's like uh you know he he wants to be a dad now he wants me to be closer to him and, and, and things like that and it's just like can't do that man i can't can't come down there you know i, I just can't move to the south okay, so you mentioned you, something that, that caught me was you said you recognized very early that you were a novelty to some of these women i, it's, I mean Listening to your story so far, it sounds like you had you you were really you know really culturally rooted, you know at a young age. Like, how is, is that? It's just a, maybe I'm just commenting, no question really, but like it, it seems, it's very impressive for you to catch that. At so a young to, age so to help then, you along the way, I was I was there's there's a generation missing, 
right? So I was raised by my grandparents. So there's a generation gap, right? I didn't have, I didn't have somebody who was still trying to discover themselves. So when, when I talk about my dad, it's usually like a weekend type of thing. Like he's picking me up on the weekend from my grandparents or um, I, I stayed the night in my aunt's house and my dad happened to show up for an oldies party. You get what I'm saying? He's playing poker and he's playing poker in the kitchen with his brothers and their friends and my aunt's frying chicken. And so my dad was kind of like the big brother that you get what I'm saying? So there's a culture that there's a generational gap where I had I had grandparents teaching me about and it's the same thing with my wife. She was raised by her grandparents. It's a beautiful thing um, where you have these older people who are far older and far wiser than your parents. And so they're teaching you things. They're giving you a perspective that you necessarily wouldn't get from the generation before you, but because there's two generations before you, you get a whole nother perspective. For instance, which one of your parents ever said to you something along the lines of white people don't like nobody but themselves? My mom. My dad, but my dad grew up in the Jim Crow South. So that's something to be noted. My dad didn't tell me shit. So, so my grandparents were from Virginia, Bell. Mm -hmm. Hurt Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, like to, to <laughs> my dad didn't tell me. Yeah, nigga, <laughs> hey, we still got some work to do. We got some work to do. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm so sorry. So I felt him so oh, hard. Man. I was just trying to let you talk, but I felt him so hard. Like when he said that, it made me think about mine. He'd be like, yeah, fuck that nigga, man. He's about to go all on track. Like, like as soon as I see him, we squaring up. Oh man. You know, you know what's interesting? You know what's interesting, man? And um and not to kind of derail the conversation, but um it's interesting because I think, Trey, I think you're right, man. I think you got a, a unique perspective, right? However, I also think there potentially, and I don't know your grandparents, I'm just saying that generation, potentially there, there were some gaps too, right? Like in terms of um, transcending with times, right? And maybe your, maybe your, your grandparents were ahead of their time and, they, and they, they transcended with the times, but Again, my dad grew up in, in the Jim Crow South and, and, and my mom, mom, yo, I'm gonna tell you right now, like the reason why I'm asking those questions about um, like uh, subconscious, conscious, like how are you acting on these things? The reason why I said that, man, my mom, I, yeah, my mom, when I was in middle school, right around the time you started liking white women, right? Like she, or, or, or realizing that you, you had to stop liking white women. Um, she told me when I was younger, man, she said, if, and, and I'm going to preface this by saying she since changed that statement, but what she said when I was like 10 was, if you marry a white woman, I'm not coming to your wedding. You know what I'm saying? And that shit subconsciously in my mind told me that I couldn't marry a white woman. Now in college, my girlfriend was white, but in the back of my mind. And I had this conversation with my girlfriend at the time. I, at the time I was like, this is only going to be a college relationship because my mom told me that I can't marry no white woman. 
But the crazy shit is, like, my mom loved my girlfriend at the time. But that's why I just asked about, like, how, how subconscious um, these decisions were and how conscious they were, just based on the stuff that you were told as a kid being, you know, biracial. So that, 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 that was where a lot of my comments were coming from. Like, I, I'll be real with you, man. The closest, um, the closest I got to marrying a white woman was I married um, this real, like, white-looking Puerto Rican girl uh, when I was in the military. And I, and that didn't work out, yo. She was, she was crazy as a drunk bed bug. But, uh, Damn. <laughs> I don't even know but, what that uh, means. Yeah, but I, I get it. <laughs> gotta be crazy. Hey, that nigga told you he was raised by his grandparents. <laughs> right. That was, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah definitely one of them. All right. So just just to give you a perspective, I got in an argument with this chick one night, and um, she threw a knife at me. I was standing in the bedroom. She was standing in the kitchen. She threw a knife from the hallway down to the bedroom and it stuck in the door. And if I wouldn't have closed the door, it probably would have stuck in my chest. I thought you did some G.I. Joe shit, caught that bitch and threw it back at her. <laughs> nah, bro. Nah. I closed the door. <laughs> I closed the door. I and when I opened the, the door, door the knife your shit. Right. The knife was in the door. Say that again. I said, I hope you closed the door and packed your shit. Nah, bro. I was, I was stupid. We all, we all were. <laughs> I was stupid. I stayed yeah, I for did. maybe another six months to a year. And, uh, it wasn't until- Dodge and I was You should have been bobbing and weaving. Weaving, right. Like if you could dodge a bullet, you could dodge a knife. You was, a, you was trained for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Trey was training for that shit. Um, just, needless to say, man, I've been in some, some pretty weird and strange and dark places in my life, but uh, one of the things that I'm grateful for, man, is is I'm currently and uh, prayerfully forever um, until until God calls me home to glory, man. I, I'm, I'm married to a very beautiful, pious, loving, prudent um, black woman who loves me, who who is a great mother to my kids, man. And and I couldn't ask for nothing more than that. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who who will text me and be like, hey, babe, did you eat? Yeah, man. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like after, after like, many years, after, about after, me like that. After many years in it, that shit is important. That's a good. You know that's, that's a good transition, though, Trey. Do you find yourself making it a point to, or, or how do you navigate through being biracial with your children? How about that? Is that um, something wait, you stress? Question: are, are your are your are your why? Well, obviously, your kids are biracial because you're biracial, but. Are there are there moms black Puerto Rican? Oh oh, dude, man, I got all my kids got the same mom. Uh, I'll okay. be real with you. Don't um, say that shit like no, like like like. Don't do that. I'm saying, no, 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 I'm saying <laughs> I'm, I'm, hold on hold on hold on hold on. Fella. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlem- <laughs> Look at Prentice. Look at Prentice. Oh, I was responsible. Oh. You know, that's hey, not what I'm saying. You gotta all. be. That's, this that's is that's not at all sen- what I'm saying. That's, that's sensitive shit. See, Prentice see. got the Prentice got the Wendy special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Four by four. Four for four, baby. Right. Oh, <laughs> not for like. God, no, hold on, so hold on. Not like I wasn't trying. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, that's, I'm gonna throw that out there. Not like I wasn't trying. The luck of the draw. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, the way I grew up 
for one of my kids to not be with me would drive me insane. Mm-hmm. Feel me? Like mm-hmm. that would that would take I would I would be a completely different person. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like f- for me, that's that's me. Uh, it's, it's, it's just it's the way I grew up, the way I grew up missing my mom because my mom left me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right, I, right, I don't right. want my kids to ever feel like like the by God, all, all things aside, if things don't work out with me and my wife, I'm staying. I'll live in this house. She could be beating on me, abused. That's this is me. This is me. I don't right, recommend right. this for anybody else, but me. The way I grew up, I never want my kids to experience that, man. I never want my kids to experience going from house to house, dealing with different women, dealing with different men. And so I'm always going to be there. And so for me, all of my kids, when I say that, I say it as, as something as, a, as something for me. It's not to degrade or, or shame anybody. I understand circumstances, not like I didn't try to have and, and get certain women pregnant. It just didn't work out that way. So well, it wasn't like, for a lack of trying. Right. <laughs> right. I was right. practicing my ass off. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I was out there and it just didn't work out that way. So um, wasn't you a sharpshooter? How you miss it? Dude, I would actually I wasn't a sharpshooter, you know what I'm saying? I, I had them I had them 30s. <laughs> they gave me a little like, bit of bologna and cheese. It was like I was over there as a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing paperwork. No, I was oh, administrative um, assistant. Um, <laughs> so I heard I'm gonna get you sucker yeah. like, what's your position, administrative assistant. <laughs> Y'all wrong, man. <laughs> that's but that's the that's the beautiful that's the beauty of the podcast. But you didn't answer really answer the question. Do you do okay. you find a way to so yeah, like do you incorporate do, like how do you you know your kids are biracial by the essence okay. you being biracial? Is that okay. something right. you put emphasis on in your parenting? Right. It it is. Um, and I felt ashamed for a little while because um, especially my first two. Um, my my daughter, my oldest is my daughter. And then I have a middle son, and then my um, my youngest son is Prentice's complexion, right? The first two are more my complexion, right? In in terms of skin color, and so my middle son came to me when he was about six years old. He's twelve now, but he came to me when he was about six, and he said, "Daddy, am I black?" Mm-hmm. I remember the poem. You see what I'm saying? Like these these things come from real places, man. Mm-hmm. And so for my kids to ask me that, it just, it's a sinking feeling because it's this thing where am I really teaching them who they are? And am I doing it in the fullness of culture? Am I doing it? Am I, am I teaching? Because they're, they're around, like they, they don't get to see my dad as often as I would like because he lives in North Carolina. And obviously they can't see my mom's side of the family. And then my best friend, my brother, his mom is is as light as I am, right? But she's mixed. You know, she's red hair, green eyed, you know, Puerto Rican black woman. So, you know what I'm saying? So when they see, they they don't understand blackness in the sense of someone like Bell, someone like Chief, someone like my dad even. They just, they don't make, they didn't, at least they didn't at first. They didn't make that connection as a, at an early age. And that's why I said, like, my daughter's watching TV and she sees, and my daughter has red hair because my mom had red hair. Right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? My son, my middle son, red hair. So they're not making the connections because there's these, again, anomalies, these different things that, yeah, that, yeah. that 
unbeknownst to them, my wife's uncle, who is brown skin, has red hair, but he lives in Florida. They don't know that. You see what I'm saying? So if I'm thinking it's from my mom. It might be from her side of the family. Don't know that. Genetics is funny like that. So we keep, and, and then maybe again, this bleeds into colorism. We keep thinking certain things are associated with a specific skin tone, but that's not necessarily true. Yeah, that, you're 100% right because you are more black assimilated than some all black people I know. You know what I'm saying? And you're half white. So I, I get what, exactly what you're saying, though. Like, and I don't like to use this word. I mean, this, this, maybe this isn't the best example, but like your kids having black examples, right? Like what we consider like your, and again, I don't even, this doesn't even sound right saying it, but like your traditional black person, right? Or like the traditional skin tone, like darker skin, more melanin, right? Whereas you, 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 the, the, the influence, the sphere of influence that they have, it, it runs the gamut, right? You got light skin, you got red hair, you got mix, you got, you know what I'm saying? So I guess helping them to understand in their mind that we all, we look, we all look different, you know, like there isn't no, there isn't a, um, there's no black symbolism where it's like this, if you look like this, you're black, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like for instance, you, you said you, you you said like Chief and Bell. Chief ain't black. I don't know if he told y'all that. Chief, <laughs> he fucking uh, Dominican or something. Yeah, his mom black. Like Chief, Chief like mom it. black and his stepfather French. <laughs> so, so, is French. So so let me hit you with this. Let me hit you with this. When I was a kid, right? Um, I saw this this dude who was, and I mean, he was the. Maybe the phrase is wrong for saying it, but he was he was Africa black. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like he was yeah. he was genuinely black, and he was speaking Spanish in Camden in a Chinese store, and it blew my mind. And so th- things like this help help shape what I think about race, what I think about culture, what I think about the like humanity. We keep putting labels and going, "You're black, you're white." No, you're Italian. You're Irish, right? right? You're Dominican, you're Puerto Rican, you're Mexican. You're, we may be, my uncle, I have an uncle, he's like my mentor, but he's he's a part of my wife's family. One of the brightest minds I've ever met in my life. And again, charcoal black. And, and I'm like, man, you might be Yorubian or something because you are brilliant. Like just, just how he thinks. Like I, I, I aspire to think like he thinks because he's like out of this world, like with his thoughts and how he views the world. But again, it's just, it's culture and we keep heaping everything together because of what we see, mm-hmm. right? Like German ain't Italian. Right. They didn't like each other. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. right? So- it, 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 let's, 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 let's take it a step further. I saw one time, I saw a Pakistani woman and an Afghan woman argue in a laundromat. They was the same color. And when I asked the one woman what the other woman said, she said, I don't know, she Pakistani. (laughs) Y'all was just arguing. I know you know what she said. 
So we're, we're fighting over this stuff. And it makes no sense to me. Over this? Really? Really? I hear you. I hear you. And especially, you know, being a man who's, who's served you, like you've seen some shit. You know what I mean? So when you say we're fighting over this, I'm sure, you know, there's clearly much more shit we could be fighting over. And, and, and we're dying over that too, though. Yes. Even worse, we're dying over this. Yes. So, so I mean, we, we got to start winding this down. Trey, lastly, for parents raising biracial children, regardless of what the nature of the, the, the races are, your, your tidbits and tips of advice for parents raising biracial children. For me, man, um, I identify as Black. Um, I was raised by Black feet, by Black folk, by Black people. Um, some of the, and, and not to drag this into that, but at the same time, it's, it's just a part of who I am. Most of the people who have ever done me wrong in my life have been white women. Um, I was abused um, growing up by my little brother's mom. And so that plays a, a, a role in how I think. Um, so I would say, keep your kids close, man. Teach them Teach them everything that you can about how you grew up, about your heritage. Um, I, I often tell my kids, and, and I think that this goes not just for black or, or for white, but for just kids, period, in the age that we live in. One of the things I tell my kids is always be aware of your surroundings. Know what's going on. Listen, pay attention to the conversation, but when you in public spaces, Hear what's going on, right? Know where the exits are. And 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 this 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 is to your point. We're dying because of, of things we don't know. Um, because of things we don't think about in the moment. Somebody gets pulled over at a Wendy's and ends up fighting a cop trying to just get home and ends up dead. Right? Somebody walks into a store hands the clerk a $20 bill, ends up having their neck kneeled on for eight minutes and 46 seconds. These are things that we don't think to talk to our kids about. But these are things we have to tell them always be, because not, not, not to sidetrack this, but I heard the clerk say he didn't know what a fake 20 looked like. And yet the fake 20 would have came out of his pay. So to me, it sounds like a setup. Like a setup to me. <clears throat> so I, I'm just, again, things that we don't think about, but it's, it's real and it's happening in our world. So when, when I talk to my kids, and I'm telling that, like my my daughter, she wants to go to this this party tomorrow. Is it at a house? How many people are gonna be at the house? Is it in Trenton? Nah, you can't go. Okay, is it outdoors? You don't know. Okay, no, you can't go. I don't know them people. They don't know me. I don't know who all gonna be over there. We ain't never met. And, and, and even in that, these are little things, right? 
I don't know if y'all gonna be inside. I don't know if y'all gonna be outside. If it was at a public place, maybe I could understand. Maybe if y'all was going to Chuck E. Cheese or something, I get it. It's open, it's, but nah, you're gonna be at somebody's house. 15 kids in a house, I don't, I don't get it. Makes sense. Fellas, um, we're winding down. Takeaways, final thoughts, P, on you. Um, ooh, uh, I would say as parents, just try to have conversations like these. Um, if there are areas of your child's life that you can't identify with directly, you know what I mean? Like it's insightful hearing a, um, a biracial man talk about his experience because I just can't relate. So I can't pull from anywhere in my life to correlate to my son's life. So this has made me aware that there are certain conversations I need to have outside of what I'm used to for my son's sake. So I would encourage other people to do that as well, have those conversations. Um, it's interesting, man, because my son's half Puerto Rican, but I don't, hey. I don't look at him as anything but black. And what I mean by that is, um, one, he's black to me, one. Two, people are gonna see him as a black man anyway. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what, like Trey, I know obviously you've had experiences where you may have had some favor because they thought you maybe somebody different. And, um, and that may be the case with him. But I'm going to err to your point on the side of caution, right? Where it's like, nah, bro, you black. Like, I understand we go to Puerto Rico and spend time with your people out there, but they black too, <laughs> whether you realize it or not, right? So helping them understand that, helping him understand that. In short, my final thought is making sure my son understands that though he's mixed, he's not, he doesn't have the luxury of privilege, right? Like that's something that I need him to understand because you can go into a situation thinking it, thinking it is when it isn't and not make it out that situation, right? When you can always go in there prepared. So that's, that's my takeaway. Like that's, that's my takeaway. Help him understand uh, contrary to popular belief, you black for the purpose of how you're being raised and when you're in these situations. See, so I'm in a, I'm in a completely like a, a different dilemma. I te I've been teaching my son the same thing. And I think when we first had the conversation, like he was almost shocked because my son looks like a little white boy. We have almost the same face, but he looks like, you know what I'm saying? He's me, white boy. So it's, it's, it's a difficult, like I'm, I appreciate these conversations because it really, really helps me prepare him because I don't know what little white boys go through. And the question I've always been asked is like, well, the question I asked myself was like, if I, do I teach him to take advantage of his privilege? If it's gonna save his life, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But in the same token, it's gonna be the, the double negative because he's still a black man. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's, that's something I struggle with. But one thing I, I wanted to touch on is my final thought was just, I think we as black men do a lot more tearing down of other black men because of because of this and we need, to, we need to be better at accepting us all because regardless of how light or how dark you know we are we're still 
the same thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Trey got a little bit of preferential treatment when he got pulled over, but at the end of the day, if he was by himself, still nigga. You're still a nigga. You know what I'm saying? You, you might have got if you because you're with them and you were able to separate your hue from them, you got a little better treatment. But had you been by yourself, you know now, what I mean? Not not to now to that point. Now I was the one who got locked up though. I was, you get what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I'm the one who puts myself on front street right. because in to, to Bell, to, to Bell's question, like he's asking, like, do I feel like I need to go that extra mile to prove my blackness? Right. And so sometimes I do, sometimes you do feel that, but all in all, I see the unfair treatment. And so if I got to be that sacrificial lamb, so be it. So I was the one who took the hit on that in particular charge, even though I wasn't the one with whatever was in the car. Okay. Well, um, my people, I hope, you know, you were able to pull something from this conversation. I know I did, I believe the fellas did, and, and it's great to have. Um, we're gonna tap into the colorism conversation as our next our next podcast episode, which I'm excited to do, because Bella and I had a conversation about it. We'll get into that on the episode. Nevertheless, man, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, do us all a favor per usual, hug a black man today, do it. And tomorrow. Do it. We out, y'all. Love y'all, man. Love you nice too, talk. baby. Peace, man. No, 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 no.